You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping the Wildcats win over the Florida Gators. 78 to 57 was the final score. My final score prediction was a little off. I said 80 to 62. Thought the Gators would be able to get over the 60 point mark. Unfortunately, they were not. We're going to talk about the first half. We're going to talk about the second half, and then we're going to give some final thoughts, go over my parameters uh, for Kentucky Wildcat wins, and we'll see if the Wildcats checked. The, uh, the boxes. Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms. So let's go ahead and get into it. The first half, well actually before we get into the first half, let's go ahead and address the Ty Ty Washington issue. So obviously Washington got to play 26 minutes in the second half, uh, suffered what appeared to be a lower left leg injury. Uh, Coach Calipari said that there was an x-ray done on Ty Ty. He said that he didn't believe there was much there. Uh, Cal also said now he may still be out a week or two. Who knows? He said it could be a muscle, could be something that separated because uh, Ty Ty did uh, get hit hard. I'll just say this at the top here. And I'm not saying that Ty Ty's injury prone. I'm not saying anything like that. It's like, but this is the second time that Ty Ty's gotten injured in his freshman year. And it's just really disappointing for this team because they're trying to come together as a collective and they're trying to build their best brand of Kentucky basketball this season heading into March Madness. And so it's just, it's disappointing to see, obviously, uh, Ty Ty go down with an injury. There's not really much you can do about it except just accept the fact that it happened and see how quickly you can get Ty Ty healthy and out there performing again, but it's just, it is what it is. I wanted to address it at the top here so that we didn't get 20 minutes into this episode and anybody listening that didn't know what happened to Ty Ty doesn't know what happened and they had to wait until 20 minutes to actually find out. But yeah, Ty Ty Washington injured, could be out one to two weeks. We will continue to monitor his status. Uh, if John Calabari, Calipari continues to provide us updates, I will say this though. Without him and the rotation, we've already seen what this team looks like, and I think they're able to survive without their second-leading score, which is crazy to think about. Everybody likes to talk about how much depth Auburn has. I know that there were some frustrations with with what happened in the Auburn game with Ty Ty Washington going out, and obviously that could have been a different story, but I really do think that this Kentucky team has depth if they elect to choose to pull, especially... Uh, from the bench at the guard spot. I think Davian Mint specifically, who I'm talking about here, could be just fine for the Wildcats. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get into the first half. Kellen Grady got involved early, knocked down a pair of threes, and transition was looking great, or I believe it was in the half court, excuse me. Um, I said that this could be potentially a big game for Kentucky's four spot. I'll go ahead and address this here. Brooks finished with two points. Uh, Keon Brooks Jr., uh, the the, uh, the guy that plays the four spot for Kentucky, finished with two points, and Damian, Coll- Damian Collins played a minute. Uh, so good on me. I was I was so right on that. Wow, look at me. I'm I'm man. That was a, a, just a terrible prediction. But I will say I was right on a couple of other things. For instance, instead of working from five out to four in, Florida for the most part went straight into four out one in. 
uh, in their in their offensive sets. And Colin Castleton was a huge spark for them early. He's obviously a really good player. We highlighted him on Friday's show, said he has very high IQ, knows what to do with the basketball. He had the first six points for the Florida Gators in this contest. A 12-0 run from Kentucky took us under 16. And then Florida had a 10-0 run that took us under 12. So it was just kind of a back-and-forth affair in the first half. And it was not necessarily... Uh, the transition game for Florida or for Kentucky, and it wasn't necessarily um, the transition game for Florida either. Uh, they just kind of slowed down and played somewhat of a uh, half-court game. Florida did not take as many threes as they normally do. We predicted this on Friday's show. I said I didn't think the three-point line was going to be as big of a factor as it has been for the Gators so far this season. They took only 22 threes in this game as opposed to the 26 or 27 they take on average. Something that was apparent to me in the first half was Kentucky was not going to be out-rebounded. They said, okay, we've had enough. Three straight games where we've gotten out-rebounded, we're going to send guys at the glass, and it worked. And believe it or not, the one guy that is the rebounder on this team actually benefited from this, Oscar Shibway. We'll talk about him uh, more later on in the show about his rebounding totals, but talking about his scoring here for a second, he scored 13 of his 27 points in the first half, which which just goes to show you just how efficient he is consistently throughout an entire game. I mean, he scored... Half of his points in the first half and about half of his points in the second. Very efficient game from Oscar Shibwe uh, offensively. And then Lance Ware down low, uh, who you could argue at times played the four, uh, played double the minutes that he normally does. So he normally plays seven minutes a game. Lance Ware played 14 in this contest, and he finished with four rebounds, uh, or excuse me, four points and seven rebounds. Very efficient minutes from Lance Ware in the first half. Plays very, very, very hard uh, for such a young player. Absolutely love it. Something that you also may notice about this Kentucky team, and we've not really talked about this before on the show, is that they can win games no matter what is going on. They can win games in the 60s. They can win games in the 80s. It doesn't matter what the other team is trying to do in terms of pace of play. Kentucky is going to adjust, and they're going to win the game. They're just an all-around team. The offense has so much flexibility, it just simply allows the Wildcats to stay ahead. And they've stayed ahead for the most part uh, in SEC games so far. Florida, in this first half, at least it felt like it, for the most part, dictated the pace. But Kentucky dictated the game overall. They just kind of controlled things. Like, okay, if you want to play slower, we'll play slower. We'll play a half-court game. We can do it better than you. If you want to speed things up, we can speed things up. We're one of the best in the country at doing that. So we'll get out and run and transition on you. Anytime Florida tried to change what they were doing, Kentucky adjusted and did it better. At least it felt like in this game. And I was very, very impressed. Uh, with what the Wildcats did in the first half. I was also correct in noting that Florida likes to play matchup zone. So they played a 2-2-1, and then they also played 2-1-2 at different points in the in the, uh, in the first and second halves, I noticed. And as I mentioned on Friday during the uh, preview show, I noted that Florida has the propensity to fall asleep in their matchup zone, which can lead to backdoor cuts or easy looks at the rim. We saw that multiple times in their game before this against Georgia. And we saw a few times in the first half where Kentucky got to run a couple of lobs. They got to look down low for a couple of wide open dunks. It's just that matchup zone that Florida likes to play that's normally overall very efficient. And it did hold uh, the Wildcats underneath their average scoring total. Still, though, there were moments in this first half where they just broke down. And, and we called it. We just simply predicted that. So that was the first half, essentially just kind of a back-and-forth game. Kentucky shooting the three a lot better than I, they, uh, I thought they would in this game. Um, and Kellen Grady, like I mentioned, got involved. Oscar Shibway did his thing. It's a shame that Ty Ty Washington got hurt in the second half. Otherwise, I think this could have been 
I think I don't know. I don't know necessarily if it would have been more of a blowout because again, Davion Mintz held his own, but still, uh, I thought Washington was also doing uh, good things for this team. Uh, in the first half. All right, we're going to talk about the second half and what happened and why the Wildcats eventually pulled away. It was a 33-28 total at halftime, only a five-point lead uh, for the Wildcats. We're going to talk about what happened in the second half in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam uh, for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to, to uh, learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Again, thank you so much for uh, making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Getting closer and closer to that SEC tournament. We've got six games left. And it's great that our starting shooting guard or point guard, however you want to, he's a combo guard, tied to how Washington's out for the next week or so. Uh, it's it's really, really stinks. Uh, we were saying something similar to this whenever Washington got hurt in the Auburn game. It was like, I really hope this doesn't drag drag out, and I don't. I hope it doesn't happen again um, because I want to have all our players healthy for the SEC tournament. Here we are. Here we are. All right, second half totals here. Uh, for the Wildcats, the Wildcats got out and ran early in the second half. It was a five-point game at half, like I just mentioned. And then Kentucky extended its lead to 16 before the under-16 timeout, and it made Mike White call his third timeout of the game. And whenever I saw Mike White call his third timeout, I had to, I had to put it down on my notes. We talked about this on Friday. After we broke everything down, the numbers, the film, the individual matchups, I came to the conclusion that this was a bad matchup for Florida. We noted that the, the Gators are a decent team. They're obviously, they've won their last four or five straight, I believe. They're a decent basketball team, but they're trying to adjust in a lot of different areas because Mike White is trying to establish a new offensive style, and I think he's changing his defense just a little bit. So they're trying to adjust right now, and the worst thing for a team that's trying to adjust is to play against a team that is all around elite. So it's like if to to translate it into football terms, imagine Georgia Tech, right? Paul Johnson left, uh, Jeff Collins steps in. They're trying to transition from the triple option to I don't know, just a normal spread look, right? Now that's a really difficult transition if you have personnel on roster that knows how to run triple op, triple option, and that's what they're built to do. That's what they've done for the past two or three seasons. It's very difficult to transition to do a normal spread look, and the worst thing that you could possibly play against would be a team like Alabama or Georgia. It's it's just that's just the way it is. It would be like playing against Alabama or Georgia, trying to switch out of the triple option. Just very difficult given the personnel that you have play against a team like Kentucky on the road, you're probably going to eventually fall apart after they after the opposing team, Kentucky, makes adjustments. And Kentucky did. Mike White had to call three different timeouts before the under-16 in the second half. Again, bad matchup. Florida just simply does not have the personnel to keep up with the Kentucky Wildcats. Ty Ty tried to shoot out of his slump in this game, and he still can't really seem to do it. 
when he, what, what he's done, though, is in the past four or five games, really filled up the stat sheet everywhere else. He's got five, had five rebounds, six assists, and a steal uh, in this contest. And I know, I believe he scored 15 against Alabama, and he scored 10 here, but you look at the volume of shots that he's taking. He's not don- knocking down a ton, and he's getting a couple of free throws to go along with it. So while he may be scoring 12, 15, 10 points a night after he's gotten out of his slump, so to speak, he's still cold from the floor. He's just taking a lot more shots than he normally does. And now that he's out, you know, the best thing that we can hope is that he recovers and he's able to come back healthy and continue to shoot like he was early on uh, in the season. So the over-under that we set on the Friday episode, we like to set over-unders now before uh, games. The over-under that we set was Severe Wheeler, two made field goals. So does he make two field goals or more? Does he take or does he make less than two field goals? Because he had missed his last 19 shots heading into this contest. He finished four of seven from the floor. Uh, so he hit the over. Congratulations to everybody in the comments below that hit the uh, hit the over or guessed the over for severe Wheeler field goals. 41 to 25 also is something that we've been talking about. We've been talking about severe Wheeler and we've been talking about the rebounds. 41 to 25 was the final rebound total for each team. Kentucky had 17 offensive boards and just dominated the glass again. 41 rebounds and part of that was what Oscar Shibway did in this game. He finished with 19 boards. Again, crashing the glass and sending more than one person is going to allow Oscar Shibway to get up there and actually do what he does best grab offensive rebounds. Now, there were a few times in this game where he would fog up a shot, and whenever I say fog up a shot, I mean literally he would just fog up a shot, and you could tell it wasn't going in. And he would go, and he'd be the first one to tip it to himself and get the rebound. Stuff like that happens. But still, whenever you send more than one guy to the offensive glass, Shibwe is probably going to come away with the board. I mean, it's just it's a, it's a good strategy. Talking about Florida making threes, we noted in the first half that they took less than they do normally. Uh, they didn't make a three for the final 13-25 of the game. They actually made a three right before the 13-25 mark. They cut it to eight. I believe it was Myron Jones who made the three. The Gators cut it to eight, and the Wildcats never looked back. After that point, it was over. It was just for the, for the final 13 or so minutes, it was just Kentucky doing what they do best against a team that wanted to slow down the pace. Kentucky just slowly grinded the Gators out. You got to win. Kentucky did a great job in the second half as the game started to slow down of moving Florida's zone around, kind of pushing it to one side, pushing it around, working the ball around the perimeter, and trying to get a post-up with Oscar Shibwe, getting a good look where the defense kind of collapses to one side a little bit. You've got Shibwe in front of his man, throw the ball into the post and let him work. They did that several times, trying to get Shibwe touches. And Florida simply just did not have a player on roster outside of maybe Colin Castleton that could keep up with him. And Castleton had to step out for for a crucial stretch in the second half where Kentucky extended its lead, and it was it was just simply over. It, at least it, it appeared so to me. I didn't think Florida had the shooting uh, to get back into this contest. By the way, talking about Oscar Shibwe, he's essentially wrapped up player of the year. Uh, barring injury or some massive collapse, knock on wood, He's probably wrapped up player of the year. Finished with 27 points in this game. Talked about how he had 13 in the first half, had 14 in the second half. 19 rebounds, 2 assists, was 11 of 18 from the floor. And he only had one foul. He had one foul, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Again, Shibwe, easily, I think, the most dominant player in college basketball. Probably one of the most efficient players in college basketball. And for a, for a center, or a forward, I guess you could call him, 
to be able to do so many different things, have touch with the ball, pick up steals, uh, get offensive rebounds. He's got the complete package. He is a great, great player. Uh, if he's not already locked it up, I'm sure he will here in the next uh, next few weeks. Davion Mintz talked about him playing uh, while Ty Ty Washington was out with injury for a little bit. Mintz played 28 minutes, had a quiet 11 points. And the more I watch Davion Mintz, the more I realize how sad I am uh, to uh, watch him go this season. He's been really, really good for the for the Wildcats this year. Understands his role so well, is shooting very well coming off the bench. I believe he's shooting 37% from three right now, which is just Really, really good. Only 39% from the floor, but still, Davion Mintz playing very well uh, in his role uh, coming off the bench. Speaking of guys that come off the bench, Lance Ware got called for a foul trying to pull a rebound away from a Florida player. And uh, Philandris Fleming for the Florida Gators, fantastic name, came in and pushed Ware after Ware had gotten called for a foul. It was very clear that Ware had done something wrong and was called for a foul, as he should have been. He was trying to grab a rebound, was kind of pushing the Florida player around a little bit, trying to get the rebound away from him. But Flandris Fleming uh, of the Gators came in and pushed Ware after the play had been blow dead, and there was almost a fight. And that uh, stuff like that's just simply not okay. And I will, for all the things that I say about SEC officiating, they, they do a good job of breaking stuff up like that, or bre- breaking stuff up that, that could uh, break out into something even more serious. And I appreciate the fact that very quickly... The situation with the view was diffused, but after that point, it did kind of feel like it was it was chippy. I believe there was about five and a half minutes left in the game. Might be wrong on that, um, but it was it was chippy for the rest of the contest, and it had already kind of gotten chippy after Washington had gotten hurt. And again, I'm just glad that the situation was diffused. Where I'm glad that he didn't do anything stupid. Um, I didn't expect him to. I just came up to, into the player's face and clapped at him after he got called uh, for um, for for pushing. Uh, for pushing wear, but again, just I'm, I'm glad the situation did not escalate into something more because then the game would have been remembered for that, and it would not have been remembered for uh, Oscar's 27 points, 19 rebounds, and all the different things that uh, that Kentucky did well in this game. Kentucky knocked down a few, few threes after that moment to kind of shut everything down, and it was just simply it was over. It was over after that point. 78 to 57 again was the final score. Kentucky did a good job in a lot of different areas in this game. And I want to talk about some of the final thoughts that I've got on this team and this game in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've essentially given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, except for one in particular. I'm sticking to my New Year's resolution to eat right. And it's all thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating Built Bars. Have you tried their puffs? Built has a phenomenal thing called puffs. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting uh, things. Puffs are the most, uh, are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they are not just a protein bar. They are simply a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, just like just like uh, Built Bars. These things are simply going to be your new favorite. They've got so many different flavors as well. They've got mint brownie, coconut almond, uh, white chocolate cookies and cream, salted caramel. They are all absolutely fantastic and delicious. And in fact, new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, Built will make it. It will be delicious and it will also be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it delicious first and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but whether it be the puffs, the Built Bar, doesn't matter. Built Pulls it off every single time. You can go to built.com right now. You can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off 
your order. Again, you can go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off. Again, that's all at built.com. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl here with you. Really appreciate you uh, you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Going over some of the statistics in this game. Again, Oscar Sheebway finished with 27 points. Kellen Grady didn't really talk about him outside of him getting going early. Finished 5 of 13 from the floor. Had 15 points in this game. Ty Ty Washington, 10 points before he left the game with an injury. Severe Wheeler, 9 points, 3 rebounds, 6 assists. 4 of 7 from the floor, 1 of 2 from Three, uh, Damian Collins, Bryce Hopkins both played uh, some minutes in this game. Neither of them uh, recorded a stat outside of Damian Collins, recorded a personal foul. Lance Ware, very efficient off the bench, uh, bench four se- uh, points, seven rebounds, uh, no assists, two of three from the floor, picked up a couple of personal fouls. Davian Mintz, three of seven from three, four of nine from the floor, 11 points, two rebounds, one assist. I talked about Colin Castleton being the dude. Uh, for the Gators, finished with 18 points, 7 rebounds on 8 of 12 shooting, was very, very good with his decisions in this game. Had 4 turnovers, though. We talked about that on Friday's show. Averages 2.7 turnovers per game, and I said that Kentucky was going to have to do a good job, maybe crowding him, maybe seeing if they could get the ball away from him a couple of times, and they did. Did a good uh, a good job of that in this uh, game. Tyree Appleby. Uh, the Florida guard. This was probably probably one of the crucial things that's not talked about in this game is that Tyree Appleby got hurt as well. Only played seven minutes in this game, and he is their lead guard. Averages over ten points a contest. He could have been something important for for uh, for Florida. Was playing really good defense early. Uh, Flanders Fleming also finished with eight points, four four rebounds, and two assists. The Gators overall shot forty five percent from the floor. Kentucky shot forty six point three percent from the floor. Uh, Both teams didn't really take a lot of free throws. Florida took six, made all of them, and uh, Kentucky shot nine, made six of them. Again, the offensive rebounds for Kentucky, incredibly impressive. 17 rebounds, 41 total on the day. Uh, Assists were also a category that Kentucky just blew Florida out in. Uh, Florida only had eight assists. Kentucky had 17 uh, Kentucky only also had seven steals, 10 turnovers for the Gators, five for the Wildcats, 17 points off of turnovers for Kentucky. Really impressive stuff. Only nine fouls in this game uh, for the Wildcats. Statistically dominated this game, uh, in my opinion. Outside of field goal shooting, uh, outside of that, I mean, Kentucky just pretty much ran away with this one on the stat sheet. Going to get to my parameters here real quick. Four things that I believe Kentucky has to do to win games. Can they shoot the ball well? Can they have decent shot selection? Can they play well in transition offensively and defensively? So that means getting back and not allowing shots in transition defensively as well as getting shots in transition on your own. And then can Kentucky defend the rim? Did Kentucky shoot the ball well? I mean, they shot 46.3% from the floor, and on average, they shoot 49%. So that's 3% under their average, just about. I would say, though, overall, they had some good looks, and they had some had some good looks go down. So I would say, yeah, they shot pretty decent. Uh, did they have decent shot selection? I think, I think yes. Keon Brooks only took four shots in this game. Uh, played 25 minutes, so it's not like he wasn't out of the game. So I don't really understand why he wasn't taking more two-point jumpers, but, I mean, hey, they didn't really take a whole lot of them. Overall, I think that's probably one of the, one of the better games in terms of shot selection 
uh, for the Wildcats. Did Kentucky play well with transition? According to CBS, the Wildcats only had eight fast break points, and Florida had six, and there were some times where Kentucky got caught napping in transition. But again, there were very select few times where that happened. I feel like Kentucky got out and ran a little bit better in this game, and I'm probably going to say that every single time they take the floor because it just looks like whenever Kentucky wants to run in transition, it's more fluid than what the opposing team wants to do. Wildcats do a really good job of shutting other teams down, and I think they do a great job of getting out and running with Severe Wheeler Wheeler. Uh, themselves. And the final thing here, did Kentucky defend the rim? I don't think so. In my opinion, they didn't record a block. Uh, they let Florida shoot 45% from the floor. Uh, there were looks that can, that Florida had that they made uh, as opposed to teams that Kentucky's played as of late where like, like Vanderbilt, for instance, where they just fogged a bunch of shots up at the rim and they just couldn't get anything to go down. Florida actually made some of those shots uh, in this game. So I would say Kentucky didn't do a great job of defending the rim in this matchup, but it wasn't terrible. I didn't think it was bad. I don't think it was worthy to criticize. So overall, there are some of your statistics uh, from this game. If you have any thoughts on this game, if you have any thoughts on Ty Ty Washington and his injury and how this team could rebound, you can leave them in the comments below. Uh, then that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns for podcast listeners, for YouTube listeners, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.